To transform our culture, we need to change minds and save lives. To change minds and save lives, we need time and resources, both of which cost money. We're going to be talking about how you can fundraise for your pro-life organization and group today so that you can maintain your activities and your programs and continue running towards your vision and your mission. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Pro-Life Guys podcast. My name is Peter. I'm the host of the program, and with me again is Cam in the beautiful shirt. Love your shirt, Cam. Cool. Change minds, save lives, transform culture. That is uh, that is a statement piece. That is a conversation starter, and that is a way that you can support the Pro-Life Guys podcast and our mission and our vision and uh, our mission and vision at CCBR as well. So um, with that t-shirt, Cam, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here and and good to be talking to folks about something that's a little bit off the beaten track. Obviously, Peter, you and I talk about apologetics day after day. um, And that's what we as an organization, we as a podcast are committed to giving you the tools you need to have effective, winsome, compassionate, compelling conversations about abortion. But to do that, as you lay down in that intro quote, that takes time, that takes resources, and both of those things are linked to finances. And I think that finances for so many people and so many pro-life groups are somewhat gauche and somewhat like, I just don't want to have to think about this. And maybe I'll send out one appeal letter and vaguely ask for a little bit of money. And hopefully somebody catches my drift and and sends in some money. So I, I think it's exciting to do this kind of episode. Um, but yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Good to be back here on the podcast with you. I mean, we do this every week. We do this multiple times a week, but uh, I love it nonetheless. I hope our, our audience does as well. I hope you, our listener, uh, also is is enjoys the content. Uh, we certainly enjoy doing this. Um, but yeah, Cam, we're going to talk about fundraising today. Our goal, as we talk about on the podcast regularly, uh, as a podcast, is we um, are two guys. This is how it goes. I, I forgot for a moment. We are two guys who are passionate about ending the killing of preborn children in Canada. And this podcast is dedicated to giving you the tools that you need to change minds and save lives from abortion. Now, the way we often talk about this, Cam, as you just uh, mentioned, is it's in terms of how we can engage the culture, how we can talk to our friends and our families, how we can respond, how we can use the different tools at our our disposal to change people's minds on abortion. But today we're going to be, in a sense, taking a step back and not just encouraging you as an individual to have the conversations you have, but encouraging you in your ministry, your organization, your group uh, that you perhaps lead or are a part of, or perhaps will be a part of after this episode, um, to raise the funds that you need to support the projects and the people and the resources that you 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 do and that you use. And so um, we're going to structure this in uh, a, a few different ways, Cam, and and. I'll be throwing it to you. You're the, the the fundraising guru here, which is fantastic. Love it. Um, but first, I want to talk about perspective, the perspective that we ought to have when we're fundraising. Because Cam, I'll be straight. I'll be the first one to admit, I, I, don't, I don't like fundraising. Um, fundraising for us as an organization, fundraising uh, for my own salary is not something that I particularly look to. And I know many of us not just at CCBR, but in the movement. Um, I mean, we we enjoy many things about the movement, but if we were to rank them, fundraising <laughs> might be sort of, you know, lower on that scale. Um, because in many ways, it feels like, and maybe, maybe this is sort of a crude way of saying it, but it feels like we're begging. It feels like we're going to someone's house. It feels like we're writing a Facebook post. It feels like we're 
um, you know, talking to friends and family and saying, Hey man, like, please, you know, please pay my electricity bill and put food on my table and, and all of that stuff. It just feels like, um, in many ways, it's not quote unquote, a real job. And we've talked about this before, um, how you can make this a career and a vocation and something you do, um, full time, but it just feels like we're going there and, <clears throat> to these people, to our contacts and being like, please, you know, I, I have kids pay my, pay, help me support my kids. Um, but this, this is where we have a, a, a wrong perspective, an incorrect perspective, because what we're, what we're not trying to do is say, Hey man, like I'm, you know, I'm poor and need money, but we're doing it. What we're doing is saying, Cam, and I want you to elaborate on this a little bit more. We're saying, here's an opportunity for you to be in part, a part of the cultural change that's happening of the minds that are being changed of the lives that are being saved. And, uh, and I'm, I'm inviting you to, to play a part in this financially. So Cam, maybe you can touch on how we can have a better perspective and, and how we can shape our perspective before we start fundraising and as we fundraise for our initiatives. Absolutely. And I, I think you hit the, the nail on the head, Peter, that, that we need to have a correct perspective if we're going to go into this, because if we don't, we are going to be dreading this year over year. We're going to be procrastinating the, the entire thing. And who suffers if we don't do pro-life outreach? It's not you and I, Peter. It's pre-born children. Right. And I think that that is the most important component in perspective as to why are you fundraising money? Is it about you or is it about the babies? Because if it's about the babies, if it's a matter of what is necessary to save these babies, what is necessary to change minds, save lives and transform culture. And what is necessary for that is to have people able to commit in a full-time or part-time capacity, if what is necessary for that is to have a, a home base, a central office where you can organize your materials, a central office where you can meet with people in your community, if what is necessary for you to achieve that goal costs money, then that money isn't going towards you, it's going towards children. And that's an essential perspective that you need to have when you're going into fundraising presentations. Because if this is about you, if it's about the food on your table, you are always going to be self-conscious of that. You are always going to be self-conscious of asking for help for your own sake. However, that was the biggest change that happened for me when I was doing fundraising, when I realized that this isn't about me. This isn't about whether or not food goes on my table or not. This is about whether or not there is somebody whether it's myself or somebody else who is dedicated in a full-time capacity towards saving babies. And so that might sound like semantics. That might sound like I'm just kind of tilting things in a particular direction to be able to wrap my head around this, but it's the reality, right? You, you don't go into any other business or, or nonprofit entity and say, oh, you know what? If, if I'm donating to the soup kitchen, it's because I want the people ladling soup to have a good meal. No, if you donate to the soup kitchen, it's because you want the recipients of those soup kitchen meals to have a good meal. Your focus isn't on the employees or volunteers who need training or the materials or the rent for the, the shelter for the soup kitchen. It's on the people who are benefiting from the soup kitchen. And the same thing absolutely has to go for the pro-life movement that the people who are the recipients of the generosity of people um, that you're fundraising from are the victims of abortion, the preborn children, the families who are coerced or, or feeling like that's the only option, that kind of thing. And so that's the first step of perspective. But the other angle of pers um, perspective that I think is important for us to look at is that, as you mentioned, Peter, this is an opportunity for people to be involved. 
we often think about the the kind of in a crude way the raw assets that each and every person has to offer to the pro-life movement to entities whatever they may be whether our groups or other groups they have their time they have their particular talent and they have their treasure and I want you to imagine for a second somebody who is running a very, very successful dentistry office. Dentistry office, there, all of their time is taken up with doing dentistry. Um, all that goes into that, not only actually operating on patients, but also the, the finances, keeping their business running, all that kind of thing. Their time, the, the amount of time they can dedicate towards your pro-life entity is probably very, very limited. And their particular talent probably has a limited um, benefit to your group. Uh, I mean, it's not likely that they're going to come in on a Friday afternoon and clean all of your teeth or something like that. Like they don't necessarily have an essential skill that is pertinent to the pro-life movement. And so if we're not willing to invite them to participate in the pro-life movement through their treasure, then we're effectively saying that they don't have a place in the pro-life movement. I remember I, I have this conversation with intern alumni, actually, Peter, fairly frequently where they say, you know what, I, I just wish that I could do activism like I used to be able to do. I, I wish that I could do it like I was in, in university or, or when I was new in my career and I didn't have all of these family responsibilities or career responsibilities where I'm managing other people and, and I'm working long hours, all this kind of stuff. And to say, you can have a profound impact in this movement through a different offering. Rather than offering your time, you can offer your treasure. Rather than offering your particular talent, your ability to have empathetic conversations better than anyone else, if you don't have the opportunity to offer that, that doesn't mean that you don't have a place in the pro-life movement. We want to invite people, regardless of their stage of life, their season of life, into the pro-life movement. And we want to, again, if we're focused on the pre-born children, then I have no shame in trying to optimize people's involvement. If I have somebody who's already volunteering, if somebody who's already offering a particular skill set that is benefiting the organization, that doesn't mean that I don't want to invite them to financially partner. That doesn't mean that, you know what, if, if I can get one out of three, then that's okay. Or as Meatloaf said, two out of three ain't bad sort of thing. We, we want to optimize people's um, engagement, not for our own sake, but for the sake of the children. And so if that means inviting people who are already volunteering or already offering a particular skill set to your group to offer financial um, partnership as well, that is not benefiting you. It's benefiting preborn children. And so that is the anchor, having the babies and our culture as the primary object that we are working towards, um, and then also bearing in mind that we want to allow and invite everybody, regardless of their season of life, into this movement. And so that, that, Peter, that's how I think of perspective. And that was a massive shift for me when it came to my comfort and my in many ways, my my prioritization of fundraising, that this is a way of better supporting preborn babies and their families. This is a way of better engaging and more fully engaging the Christian community and those that support pro-life initiatives. Um, and, and that really helped me. I, I hope that makes sense to you as well. That does. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And when I think about it in light of the podcast here, uh, I think, you know, we have people dedicated to sharing our episodes. I mean, they, they love doing it. Um, you know, putting our content out to the world, we people dedicated uh, with our online action team to respond to comments uh, on social media and have 
fruitful dialogues there. But I also think about the financial partnership of, of our financial partners, the, the fact that we can have these microphones and these mixers, the fact, Cam, that you and I are actually working for a pro-life organization and, and able to, um, you know, to do this full time, to talk about apologetics and to do what we can in our, our small part to equip people to have these good, good conversations. The fact that we have Maddie and Attila on board uh, with the, the podcast to, to, to produce the good content, to put it on YouTube, to put it on other various places. Um, you know, that's, that's taking place because of the partnership uh, of, of those who have donated financially. Those on Patreon, those through CCPR um, are making this podcast possible. And yeah, like you said, Cam, it's not just for us. I mean, like I said, <laughs> I didn't mention off the top, we love sitting here. We love having these conversations and, and putting this content out to the world and hopefully putting more good content to the world than, you know, to sort of, you know, fix the internet as we've talked about in the past. But, but the podcast and, and the financial partnership, uh, the, financial, the finances that people are giving are not primarily for us. Uh, they're not primarily for our audience, but they're primarily for the preborn children as we seek to have more and more people in Canada, in the United States, and across the world. We have a small audience across the world uh, in, in various places. We want to see more people equipped and more people having conversations so that more minds can be changed, which means more babies will be saved, which means we are as a group, as a community across the world and in our own nations working towards the ultimate transformation of our culture. And so um, the people partnering with us financially at CCBR, so me me personally, Cam, you personally, and our colleagues and, and the projects, and people partnering financially with us on this podcast, um, you have a significant, a key a massive role in the movement, not just putting food in our tables, which um, does help us put food in our tables because it helps us to dedicate our time to fighting abortion. Uh, but primarily it helps to uh, get the message of abortion out there, to show people the reality of abortion, to equip people with the tools that they need to have those good and effective and winsome conversations. And you're being a part of that. So I'm sure we'll say our thank yous at the end as well, but thank you so much for that. Um, and, uh, and for those of you who are in pro-life organizations, in pro-life groups, looking at how can I fundraise? How can I support the, the, the roles that I have, the, the activities that I have? Many of us have far more activities in mind and far more projects in our heads than where we have the resources and the people at this moment to, to see you know, come to fruition. But uh, hopefully this is helpful, the changing of perspective or the shaping or the reorient reorienting of our perspective when we approach fundraising for our organization. So Cam, so that's one thing. It's it's important for us to have perspective, um, but we also need to have a clarity of purpose and really a, a vision and a mission. We need to know why our organization or our group exists, and we need to know what we're doing um, as an organization. So why do we exist? We need to know as an organization, what is the problem that we're seeking to provide a solution for? And then what is the solution that we are seeking to provide. So speak to that a little bit as we as we navigate our way through this this fundraising world. Yeah, so I over the last 10 years I've had the wonderful opportunity to work with dozens of groups and and one recurring theme is donor apathy. Donor apathy that there are people who make the same donation year over year. Um there are people who simply buy their memberships and that's all that they do for pro-life entity. They're not excited about their engagement and involvement with that group. And, and at times, I, this isn't to say that, that people aren't donating generously. There are some people who are passionate. There are 
people, whether it's the widow's might of, of coming from um, limited resources or significant resources, there are people who are donating very generously. And so this isn't, if you donate towards your pro-life um, group, this isn't an attack on you. But group after group that I've worked with, there's a, a sense of donor apathy where people aren't necessarily proud. They're, they're not excited about the group that they're donating to because they don't understand the group that they're donating to. They don't even know how to articulate what their local group does or what the, the beneficiary of their financial support is actually doing. They see a what appears to them as a haphazard, somewhat random um, number of of events or projects or programs that they're running. They don't really see how this is working towards any clear goal. They don't even know what a clear goal is for a pro-life entity. What does it mean to be a successful pro-life group? And that's why having a vision, having a clear idea of your end goal is essential and being able to communicate that. And this isn't some cheesy like corporate whatever our, our goal is to act with integrity, honesty, and genuine experience for our whatever kind of thing. This isn't about buzzwords. This is about knowing what are you working towards as your vision and what is your mission? How do you fit into the puzzle of achieving that goal? And so that clarity can be so meaningful for people who are considering financially partnering with your entity to know what it is that you actually do and be able to get excited about that. And, and so, Peter, we, we, you mentioned how for the Pro-Life Guys podcast, we need to have this particular perspective. When we think about the Pro-Life Guys podcast, for example, our vision at the podcast and at CCBR is to cultivate a culture in which abortion is unthinkable in all circumstances and in all stages of pregnancy. Unthinkable. People cannot fathom the idea of killing their child, regardless of what they're going through, regardless of how old their child is. That is our vision. That's what we're working towards. And what our mission at the podcast is, is to equip pro-life ambassadors with the tools they need to change minds and save lives. That is how we fit into the puzzle. We are not a political entity trying to achieve a different vision of a nation in which abortion is illegal. That is a noble goal, but that's a different goal. We're not a crisis pregnancy care center with the goal of making abortion unnecessary. Noble goal, necessary goal, not our goal, a different goal. We are working towards a society in which it's unthinkable and setting us apart from other pro-life entities, we are dedicated towards equipping you, our audience, with the tools you need to have those compassionate, compelling conversations with your neighbors and friends and whomever. That's where we fit into the pie. If we were just two random guys who had nothing better to do with our time than to speak about whatever is on top of our head, I would anticipate that our current Patreon supporters and um, those of you who I hope will become Patreon supporters or um, financial partners in other capacities would probably be far less inspired to financially partner because we, we're not working towards something. Or even if we are theoretically working towards something, we don't actually have a clear path on how we're going to get there. We have a clear goal and we have a clear path. And that's something that you and your organization, whether you are a, a national, a regional, a local, or even a campus or, or high school group, whatever group you may be affiliated with, maybe you're a teacher at a high school and you're wanting to start a pro-life club, whatever scale of operation you're on, having clarity of vision and clarity of mission is going to be essential. And, and I think about um, Scott Klusendorf, the great pro-life leader. He, he came to Calgary and did, did a, an entire conference on fundraising. And one of his questions was, what does your group do 
better than anybody else. And if you can't think of anything that you do better than anybody else, what do you want to do better than anybody else? And what is realistic for your group with your situation right now to do better than anybody else? And cultivate that and dedicate that as your mission and communicate that to your supporters. And so that, that's the second step that actually applies to the conversations you're having with potential supporters, financial partners. That's step one of three, Peter. We've got two more that we want to get into, too. Yeah, that's right. And just to just to touch on that briefly, I, I, we've talked about this before, uh, about a lot of Christians and a lot of pro-lifers knowing exactly what they think on the topic. You mentioned the crisis pregnancy centers. Our church, and I know countless others, support our local crisis pregnancy center. Um, we talk about abortion, you know, sometimes in church, many times after church, uh, you know, over coffee about what Justin Trudeau is doing and all these, all these liberals over here. So we know what we believe. Many of us know what we believe. Many in our community know precisely what we believe. We just don't know how to communicate what we believe with someone from an opposite world, the opposite worldview, um, in a way that we can actually change their minds. And that's what we're trying to get at here, Cam. Um, when, when we look at the, the podcast. Okay. So. Ideas are great, but what do ideas look like in the real world? Like, what is it? So we have a mission, we have a vision, and you touched on this briefly a moment ago, but when it comes to our projects, or when it comes to rather, um, you know, putting some feet to our mission and vision and actually seeing them played out, um, it's important for us to know how to communicate what we're doing. I think about something that our, our mutual friend, Scott Hayward from the organization right now once said, he said, if it's not tracked, it didn't happen. Which basically means if if we're not following sort of the the stats of what's happening, if we're not keeping track of the progress that we're making, if we're not really following and 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 paying close attention to the outcomes of our projects and activities, he said it didn't happen. Well, obviously, if we go out and do an, a, a you know have a conversation, that conversation happened. But but we need to sort of keep track, as you've talked about before, with apologetics as well to grow. Um, so what, what are you, what are we thinking about here when we consider fundraising for our organization and, and having this sort of proof of concept? Mm -hmm. Proof of concept is such a key, um, area for us to focus in because this is the link, as you mentioned, from the abstract to the concrete. This is our link from the vision and mission to what is actually happening and how we're actually impacting our culture and proof of concept demonstrates results. Those results can be awe-inspiring. Those results may not be as radically awe-inspiring as other pro-life organizations, depending on the nature of your pro-life organization, right? At times, there are incredibly exciting wins in the educational arm of the pro-life movement. But at times, those pale in comparison with the political wins that the political organizations are getting. And so this isn't about um, keeping up with the Joneses in other organizations or other entities. This is about demonstrating that what you're doing is achieving your success. And so if you're a group that puts up billboards, knowing how many people called into your office when that billboard went up, that means knowing how many people you're reaching with that billboard. That means a lot of different things, knowing the results of your actions. Those results can be changed or saved lives. We, we talked to 40 Days for Life about the number of children they um, have concrete details on whose lives were spared during this past campaign. That is a fan phenomenal um, proof of concept that what they're doing is working. It is achieving their vision. It is um, seeing that mission connect with that vision. And, and this is essential regardless of what scale you're on, what, regardless of what kind of organization you are, 
understand what are the anchors of success? What are the actual data points that you are tracking to demonstrate a healthy, successful pro-life organization and communicate those to your supporters to demonstrate that when we do this program, when we do this event, when we do this uh, march or parade or whatever kind of thing, these are the concrete results that we get out of it. Again, to, to use the scope of the Pro-Life, Con, um, Pro-Life Guys podcast, that means us communicating to our supporters that every week, uh, every episode, we're seeing between 500 and 1,000 people download that episode, I think. Peter, I, I think that's correct. You can correct me on any of these stats. This is a, a general look. That, that means often finding ourselves in the top 25 podcasts in all of Canada. That means often finding ourselves in the top 100 podcasts around the world. Things like that that demonstrate that what we're doing is working. We have volunteers now who were recruited to the pro-life movement through the podcast. We have interns who were recruited to do internships through this podcast. Proof of concept that what we're doing, giving people the tools they need to change minds, is allowing people to do just that to demonstrate to our supporters or potential supporters that what we're doing is actually equipping people to actually change minds and actually save lives and actually transform our culture, inspires people by saying that this isn't just a great idea that has no legs. It's a great idea that does have legs. Thanks again, as Peter mentioned, we'll do this an awful lot through this podcast, to you. You are the ones who demonstrate proof of concept on this program. You are the ones who demonstrate that what we're doing is effective because you are taking this information, you are coming back week after week, you are applying it on street corners, on doorsteps, on coffee room tables and dinner tables at your home. You are the ones who are making this proof of concept real. And so that, again, is essential when you're communicating to prospective donors to demonstrate the concrete results of what you've done. Whether you think that they're amazing or not, you simply need to track them because they're going to give you a baseline. Even if you're not blown away by your own results, and we are often our our own hardest critics, even if you're not blown away by your own results, they give you a baseline for this next step that we're going to talk about, Peter. Yeah, that's right. And that is uh, obstacles and opportunities. I think, Cam, of... um... The line, uh, how does it go again? It goes something like, we are going to end abortion in our lifetime. Mm. And often the the messaging in many ways of the pro-life movement is like all opportunity, no obstacles. And if there are obstacles, like we are going to, you know, there's no obstacles. We are going to end this in our lifetime. And that's the sort of messaging in in, in many ways um, for me and maybe for you, but perhaps other people as well. It's it's not enough in the sense like, okay, like you're going to end this in our lifetime. You know, talk to me about that. And then it's sort of, hard to exactly articulate precisely how we're going to end the abortion in our lifetime. But it's helpful when we are fundraising and when we're trying to get other people on board with our mission, with our vision and with our projects to know our opportunities, to understand the opportunities that our group has and uh, and and could do if we had the, the funds, the resources, whatever else it might be, to know what sort of op- obstacles lie before us, whether it be from the, the political arena, whether it be from uh, local uh, pro-abortion groups in your area, whether it be from the lack of this or that or whatever it might be, it's really, really helpful to know precisely what sort of obstacles you're facing, what sort of opportunities are there as you present your mission. Can maybe touch on that a little bit as well. Yeah, I, I think this is the area where in many ways you get to demonstrate your wisdom 
you, you've been able to demonstrate your your work ethic already. You've been able to demonstrate your um, commitment through the first two steps of your perspective and your um, your your vision, your clarity of vision, and your um, proof of concept. This demonstrates your work ethic. This demonstrates your commitment to the cause. This is your area to demonstrate your wisdom and creativity. As you mentioned, Peter, I, I feel that that so often pro-life groups actually come across as being incredibly naive when they project only opportunity and no um, obstacles. Any business person, any person who has lived life knows that there are obstacles in front of us. And so we just come across as naive if we don't acknowledge that. And yet by acknowledging them and demonstrating opportunities or angles that we're going to approach, um, we are able to demonstrate the wisdom, creativity, and effectiveness of our organization. Um, and, and this is going to allow them to be excited about the coming year. This is what are you going to be doing coming up based on what opportunities do you see in front of you and um, what what concerns do you have? I, I think a, a very concrete example of that is this COVID-19 pandemic, right? When, when we were talking to our financial supporters at CCBR, especially when this pandemic first launched, we... There, there were very real concerns about the very real obstacle about not being able to visit churches to give presentations and trainings, not being able to recruit people that way, not being able to engage our normal audience of supporters. And that's where this podcast came in, recognizing it wasn't a matter of, oh, no, we'll, we'll find a way. You know, we'll, God is good. We will get into churches. This will all be fine. Whatever. God is good. That is not a not a lie. But God um, has, has given us wonderful brains and inspiration and all this kind of stuff to be able to acknowledge the very real obstacles and navigate them. And so to be able to say, yeah, this is an obstacle. We're not going to be able to get into churches the way that we have been able to. We're not going to be able to do some of these projects the way that we've been able to. However, here's how we plan to navigate these obstacles. And here are other opportunities that we have presented before us that we plan to pursue in this coming year. For us, that was this podcast right? And that is how we continue to engage people that we otherwise would have been engaging in churches likely. This is something that as we've talked about on numerous occasions, the podcast was kind of kicked down the field time and time again, because we didn't have the time or opportunity to dedicate a bunch of, of resources towards a podcast. Now we do. And so looking at the podcast going forward, we look at what obstacles are there. Well, there's lots of other podcasts out there. There's lots of things vying for people's time and energy. And Lord willing, this pandemic is going to come to an end relatively soon. Does that mean that we lose our audience? Does that mean that Peter, you and I go back to speaking in churches and this um, podcast gets relegated to an afterthought? No, that that's a an obstacle that we're going to have to deal with. How do you and I best use our time? But we have plans and and opportunities to say, you know, this is actually leveraging into more speaking opportunities. I've given more talks on behalf of the Pro-Life Guys podcast this past year than I have on behalf of CCBR. This becomes an avenue for engagement even further than what it has become right now. This is an obstacle turned into an opportunity. This isn't naive being like, oh, well, I'll have all the time in the world. I'll be able to do all of this podcast stuff as well as all the stuff that I was doing before I did the podcast when, when the world was more normal. This is a matter of we have streamlined operations to be able to even further flourish within the podcast and leverage this into getting into even more churches, even more pro-life organizations. This is how we are going to flourish going forward. We have opportunity. We have interest. 
we're going to capitalize on that. And so for your pro-life organization, find similar. What are the very real obstacles? How are you planning on navigating them? Or how are you planning on redistributing your time or resources to better engage people? What are the opportunities? Why should somebody be excited about what you're going to do in the coming year? That's right. Yeah. And with that, Cam, I think about someone being in uh, a fundraising meeting, having a, a potential donor in front of them, and they're laying this out, they're laying out their mission and their vision with a proper perspective and showing how they're keeping track of their projects and presenting the opportunities and the obstacles that lie before them uh, and their organization. But you're a baseball guy. Uh, you love baseball. We're in inning number eight. We need to close it out. We need to finish this game. We need to win uh, this game. And what that means here is we need to invite people into financial partnership with the organization that we're running or or with you know sort of our our participation in a local group or organization what does that look like sir what does the final sort of this is what we do as a group as an organization as an individual within this group this is where we are this is where we're going this is what lies uh behead this is the sort of the the speed bumps and this is how we we think we will be able to navigate our way through those speed bumps and roadblocks how can we bring it all home? How can we tie it all together? And how can we make that that fundraising pitch? Absolutely. To, to carry on that um, baseball analogy, don't be the Toronto Blue Jays. The Toronto Blue Jays have Vladdy Jr. Um, in the middle of the lineup. They got Marcus Simeon having a career year. They've got all of this incredible talent and they blow so many of their games in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning because their relievers and closers were trash this year. I won't get too much into that. I apologize for anyone that that's still a um, an open wound for. For many of you, I'm sure you have no idea what I'm talking about. But we need to finish this off because as you mentioned, all of the best intentions, all of the best strategies, all of the best everything don't serve preborn children if you can't afford to do them. If you have the best strategy, if you have the best people, if you have the best resources, but you can't pay your people and you can't buy your resources, then you're not serving preborn children. We come back to what we talked about at the beginning. This is about the babies. This is about our culture and being able to engage effectively. And you need to be able to deliver an effective, clear, and concise financial invitation. That means clearly laying out what are your financial needs? What is the money going towards? What is the financial need? And what is their role in that? If you have a budget of $10,000 and you need um, people to fill that, people want to know what their money is going towards because they have... Many people have no idea what it costs to run a pro-life organization. They have no idea what it costs to run your own website. They have no idea how much a billboard costs month over month. They have no idea how a part-time staff answering the phone or this or that or the other thing actually costs. And so you need to lay that out for them and you need to invite them in and say, your $500 donation goes towards this. Your $1,000 donation goes towards this. Your whatever, all of this is working to this overarching entity. You don't want to necessarily try to inspire somebody to be like, with your $500, we'll be able to pay our hydro bill for the next six months kind of thing. Like maybe that's not the way that you want to do it, but saying, you know what, our operations, our overhead of staff salaries and, and functioning costs us $20,000 per year. Our projects cost us an additional $12,000 per year, X, Y, Z. This is our budget for the year. And we want to invite you to take whatever portion of that. We always have a, a breakdown that we shared in our, in our presentations that is generally a matter of, 
if X number of people um, commit to this level of financial partnership, followed by X, a Y number of people committing to this level and Z number of people um, contributing at this level, we'll be able to reach our goal of a particular level. That's what we want to do. And then people are invited to find where they fit themselves in to your financial partnership breakdown. They might say, you know what, I'm in a position this year to, to dedicate $100 a month or $1,000 a year. Maybe I'm in a position to donate $250 a month or, or more or less or whatever it may be. That is where um, you make a concrete ask. So often I have heard people give this absolutely incredible presentation about how effective their pro-life organization is. And then they finish by, you know what, and what I'd like to do is I'd like to invite you to pray for our group. And if you find it within your heart, please donate all the end. Bye. Good. I don't want to talk about finances. I don't want to invite you into finances. I don't want you to think about finances. Everyone should be praying. That should be a given. Yes. I want to invite people to pray. We absolutely depend on the prayers of those supporters um, that we have. But that should be a given. That that is a very low benchmark, in my humble opinion. And though prayer can move mountains, that prayer often is geared towards inspiring people like you to financially partner. That prayer is to um, embolden and encourage and and enable the staff and volunteers to continue going out. Um, prayer doesn't work like all of us sitting in our houses doing nothing and miraculously uh, people being pulled out of their chairs in abortion facilities or randomly coming into their mind during a math lecture at university that they shouldn't have an abortion. Prayer should be viewed as something that is um, empowering people to do on the street corner doorstep, um, whatever kind of ministry, empowering them to do that. And so you need to make not only a pitch for prayer, but also a pitch for finances, a direct, um, simple, to the point ask. And that's what we're going to do right now. Um, we've been talking about the podcast on and off. This isn't just a covert way of doing fundraising. I genuinely believe that these fundraising tips will help you in your pro-life organization. But we do want to take this opportunity in this um, kind of autumn, this um, fundraising season as we prepare for next year. We've talked about our vision. We've talked about what we've got coming down the tube. Um, and we do want to invite you to financially partner with our organization. We have a, a budget next year of around $35,000. And you might wonder, where does $35,000 go for a podcast? Don't you guys just talk to a random microphone and that's it? Um, we have an animations guy again. The animation guy not only helps us with all of our advertising and, and promotional stuff, but that goes towards getting people listening to this podcast. Think about how you came across our podcast. It probably wasn't just word of mouth. It probably wasn't just a matter of it popped up randomly. There needs to be people working dedicated to um to advertising and promoting this on social media. Peter, you do a ton of that. Maddie Halleck does all of our editing. That takes a tremendous amount of time. Um, the promotion, the advertising, the research, the, the projects. We have people who want us to come and speak at their pro-life groups, at their churches, who aren't in a financial position to be able to pay us to come. And so we need to look after travel expenses, things like that. Um, that $35,000 is going to allow this podcast to not only remain where it's at, but grow significantly. As I mentioned, we're, we're seeing between 500,000 downloads per episode generally. Um, we want to grow that significantly. We want to be reaching more and more people because there are hundreds of thousands of Christians and many beyond that who need these skills to better engage with their colleagues, their 
family members um, and people within their community. And so that takes money to be able to advertise at conferences, to be able to have booths and tables and engage people in conversation and get them listening to the podcast to better help them in their engagement, to work with schools and bring this content to schools, many of which are private schools that don't have a tremendous amount of extra budget. This is going to allow them to bring in this um, content. And so to break that down, we have our Patreon um, supporter page. We've talked about this on a number of occasions. We have all of the, the wonderful benefits up there now. We're running more and more courses. We're running a course right now. We've got different swag on there. Peter, we've got six levels on there. And if we're going to make our budget, we need four people committed to partnering at a $250 a month level. We need five people donating $100 a month. We need 10 people donating $50 a month, 15 people at $25 a month, 15 people at $10 a month, 25 people at $5 a month. That brings us most of the way towards our goal of reaching our annual budget for the podcast. We want to invite you to be a part of that because not everybody can do this full-time. Not everybody is in a position to be able to engage online or in person. We want to invite you to financially partner with our group at whatever level is going to make sense for you. Whether you're a university student, whether you're working within your career, whether you're a retiree, we want to invite you into this podcast and we want you to do something similar with your organization. We understand that the only way that we turn the tides of this culture war push back and and ultimately transform our culture is with more than just a pro-life guys podcast right we need we absolutely need local regional national international entities doing this and so we want to invite you to be a part of our growth a part of our journey our vision our mission and we hope that these skills have also helped you when it comes to developing your financial support base within your community again the perspective focused on 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 the babies and on our culture rather than yourself and having that clarity of vision, having that proof of concept, having that um, opportunities and obstacles, and finally making a concrete and concise financial appeal to invite people in. That's what we're talking about, Peter. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I, Cam, you, you have uh, another baseball analogy, knocked it out of the park. <laughs> I have nothing else to add there. Um there are, uh, so I, did you mention that? I don't think you mentioned this. Um, to be, to, if you become a patron, there's also these, uh, these perks to it, um, which includes, um, discounts in our merch store, um, among some other things as well. Um, some extra content and all of that. So, um, go check that out. Patreon.com slash pro life guys, as Cam mentioned, as we've tried to highlight, um, you're not just supporting us, but you are supporting a ministry of equipping pro-lifers across the world of having and being able to use good apologetics, being knowledgeable about the abortion war and knowing how to effectively and winsomely respond to pro-abortion folks around them. So check that out, patreon.com slash guys. If you have any questions about anything that we've said um, in relation to fundraising in general or just um, what we do at the podcast, you can reach out to us on our website, prolifeguys.com, on Facebook, the Pro-Life Guys podcast, on Instagram, at prolifeguyspodcast, on Twitter, at prolifeguys.com. Um, or some other places, but those would be the most effective. Cam, before we wrap this up, any final thoughts from you, sir? One last thought. I know that we pumped the Patreon a ton in, in all of our episodes. We have, um, we're, we're developing a Founders Club. The first 20 people who sign up to be Patreon supporters, we already have a handful of them already. I think that we're looking for 
13 or 14 more to be a part of our Founders Club, you are going to get a very unique gift that will acknowledge the the integral and vital role that you have had in establishing this podcast. And so not only will you get all of the perks at whatever level you come in at, if you are a member of our Founders Club, you don't have to come in at a particular level. If you sign up at $5 a month, if you sign up at $500 a month, if you join our Founders Club, you will receive a very, very special, very unique um, Founders Club acknowledgement, um, recognizing the the vital role that you've had in the life of, of this podcast and helping us grow forward. And so please do do that, whether that's signing up for yourself, whether that's signing up in um, benefit for somebody else. If you want to give the gift to somebody else this Christmas, you're more than welcome and invited to do that. Um, but please do help us continue to grow and help us continue to become more and more available, not for our own sake again, but for the sake of our culture, for the sake of our preborn children. Um, help us reach more people that way. And like Peter said, please do reach out. Also stay tuned and um, please keep an eye on the, the comment section because I'm sure that the trolls are going to be absolutely loving this episode um, as they think that we're lining our pockets with money. Um, if ever you are concerned about pro-life groups lining their pockets, um, please go to a pro-life event. Uh, please spend some time talking to pro-lifers. If you're meeting incredibly wealthy pro-lifers, let me know because I have met very few pro-lifers who have become very wealthy because of their pro-life um, involvement. And so looking forward to seeing some of the trolls comments. Um, but yeah, that's it for me, Peter. Perfect. Thank you, sir. That's it for me as well. Thank you so much for tuning in, for listening to this episode and other ones as well. Thank you uh, even more for sharing this episode with your friends and family, and even more so for being active in your pro-life group and the pro-life organization around you and having those conversations so that together we can work towards changing minds, saving lives, and the ultimate transformation of our culture. Thank you. See you again next time. God bless you all.